Hello, 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 and welcome to Five Star Potential, the weekly football manager podcast brought to you by those at WeStream FM. This week we'll be discussing our defensive setups as well as letting you lot know the results of the weekly poll we run. We'll also have a fantastic defensive related quiz as well as answering some of your questions. But before all of that, I've got to introduce you to my co hosts. Say hello, Mr. Curti. Hello. Hello to you, sir. Mr. Duke, we also have you. We do. Indeedy, do. And Dave Azapardi, we also have you as well. Hello. Inconspicuous in his absence is Mr. Teach. Unfortunately, this is the first podcast he's actually missed in 30, 30 episodes. He happened to miss the 30th one. How fucking weird is that? But unfortunately, audio issues have, has caused him to drop out because he wants to maintain the high standards that we have set ourselves. And hopefully... Um, that comes across even though the, the great man himself won't be here. Anyway, let's dive into some safe updates. Mr. Dave Asapardi, what what's going on in your world? Well, uh, I know I mentioned last week that I'd started a network MLS save. Well, unfortunately this week, due to sort of other commitments, me, Joe and Raz haven't been able to get together. So on the Twitch, I've been a little bit quiet, but I have been continuing my uh, wall save. Uh, we're still sort of into season four, just about to get into, well, I've already started the January transfer window, but sort of just ticking along at the moment. I sort of wanted to try and prove a point in the Carabao Cup this year, but unfortunately, we after a few wins against Premier League teams, we lost out to Leeds which is really annoying. Um, but in the league, it's it's doing okay, but we're sort of staying on the same sort of level as I've been for the last two years, sort of mid-table. So it's just trying... I mean, we've still got a lot of money left in the January transfer window to spend if we needed, but it's just trying to find those players and maybe that tactic just to push us up a little bit and make us into a team that can actually challenge for uh, European football. I'm intrigued as to why you're focusing on the Carabao Cup, of all things. <laughs> well, I think... Uh, well. I always think that any Premier League team, if they actually put their mind to it and get a little bit of luck with a cup draw, they can win either the FA Cup or Carabao Cup only because I think for me it's an easy path to Europe. If I do finish ninth or 10th, if I do win one of these cups, I can get European football. So that's my thinking short term anyway because I've got a lot of players with contract promises that we are going to start playing European football in the next year or so. Ah, oh, there is method in this madness then. I like that. That's, that's uh, something I didn't actually consider, so... Well done, sir, for outthinking me. Uh, Mr. Kurt Dog, all things Nottingham, what's going on? All things Nottingham are going well. Um, so last save update, uh, we got promoted. We managed to get promoted, so we've kind of been streaming the pre-season period and uh, sort of dealing with transfers going in and out. Um, we've made some really good signings for the Premier League. We've brought in Maxi Romero up front, who's sort of a bit of a known player on FM this year and he's he's started scoring goals um, we've brought in Theo Walcott on the right hand side of midfield um, and again he started very well he's 31 years old now but his physicals are still very much in place if we can keep him fit and I know obviously that's a big if because the guy's made of glass but if we can keep him fit he could be a really really influential player for us this year we had Reese Nelson on that side during the championship campaign last season and he was phenomenal um, so Theo's got big shoes to fill, but he's definitely got the pedigree to do so. Um, we started the season okay. First five games of the season, in those five games, we had Chelsea away, Man United away, and Man City away. 
Um, so absolutely horrendous start in terms of fixtures to the season. Um, the first two we lost, we got beat by Chelsea, got beat by Man United, but we did actually sneak a win at the empty had 2-1 with Romero scoring in the uh, the 76th minute, I believe, to get the winner. Um, so things have started well. Um, it took us quite a long time to, to get to seven points in our last Premier League campaign, and we're already at that point now with only five games played. So I'm quietly optimistic. Theo Walker always seems to be that sort of player that always seems to come up on either contracts expiring or free agents. I always look at it and think, do I, don't I sign him? Because as you say, he's always made a glass. But I think he's one of those players that I sign, put him on like a four-year contract and only actually playing for about one year until I try and sell him on. Well, I got quite a good deal with Theo. I mean, I had to pay for him up front. So basically, I've paid 14 million quid for him. Which is a lot of money when you're not in the forest, but we got we had a fifty million pound transfer budget, and we were we've not spent hardly any of it. You know we've cashed in on a few players. Ben Brereton's left for eighteen million, so we had a really healthy budget, and we needed someone to fill that right hand side. Um, so we paid fourteen million for him, but Arsenal are paying sixty five grand a week of his wages. We're only paying him sixteen grand a week, um, and for a two year deal which is ideal because he's the wrong side of 30, hopefully we'll we'll reap the rewards. Talk to me about his contract, Kurt. I'm assuming you've uh, that 16 grand isn't up front every week. It's if he's playing, I'm assuming, as he has made a glass. No, that's his basic hmm. wage, 16 that's grand a week. But that's, but that's fine. I mean, we're a Premier League club. We can afford 16 grand a week. To be fair, 16 grand isn't horrendous, is it really? That's, that's a, a pretty... For someone who is probably... Or who probably has quite an inflated p- opinion about themselves. Well, That's not not so bad. Well, I mean, that doesn't include the sixty-five grand a week that Arsenal are paying. So he is technically he's on eighty-one grand a week, and we're only paying sixteen of it. That changes my opinion, not at all, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Dupe. Um, you've probably had a bit of a disjointed week due to sort of the the, the start of the Kings of Milan probably being a bit jilted due to teachers' aforementioned audio problems and audio woes. So, what have you been filling the time with instead? We've uh, we've been da- back down on Nailsworth, uh, nerd. We've been uh, been rebuilding Forest Green again. Uh, season six, pre-season. Um, actually, played a couple of games. Actually, we did quite a lot of streaming this week. To be fair, um, stuck to the normal schedule and uh, and and smashed out four, four. I think it was four streams. Uh, we bought Vidalin. Uh, just because his mentors are incredible and he'd just be an amazing tutor to, to some of the youngsters we've got. Um, we brought on Dave Azapardi's recommendation, Paulinho in. Right, This guy, if you haven't checked him out, check Dave's save out on uh, or ch- have a look at him because in the first two games we played, he scored two hat-tricks and he is just absolutely... He's, if he carries on this way, he's going to knock Eddie and Ketcher off his perch. We managed... Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, we were talking about it today in the Discord. A few people were talking about plays that they had. And I said, look at Paulinho, because I think on uh, on everyone's save, his, his release clause will vary slightly. I managed to get him for about eight and a half million. And I look at his stats and he's just really, really well-rounded for a striker. There's not any stats that think make you think, wow, like he's like unstoppable. But he's just so well-rounded and really, really good in every area that he just tends to be a handful in, in most matches. Stats or attributes, Dave? 
Thank you. Thank Sorry, you, Rose, for wrestling there. Before tributes. the FM police come, yeah, stat tributes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so no, he's <laughs> he's incredible. Uh, we've we've actually bought Eddie and Ketcher now. So after five seasons of having him banging goals in for us, uh, we've actually brought him in permanently on a... S- I think it's a five-year deal with two years optional for us so he's staying at the club for a long time we've also just purchased our own forest green away kit with eddie and ketcher on the back is, is eddie still scoring goals for you he is he's out injured at the moment um but i think this season he's scored i think he scored four in four in five games this season because does it burn sorry sorry Curtis. i'm trodden your toes no, there that's all right um i was just gonna say because i've i signed him on loan in in my forest save as well mm. Um, and he scored. He scored the first goal of our season. Yep. Um, and he's been absolutely dog shite since. See that, right? Because <laughs> welcome to my world. Because nerds are the same, and this can only mean one thing: definitely down to the manager. Definitely down to the manager. Editor, use manager. IMO. <laughs> manager. <laughs> what wage is he on, by the way? Does it hurt that he's costing you money now, having well, had him free for four seasons? We had him free for four seasons. The fifth season, we paid five grand a week, which literally, as a Premier League club, killed us. Uh, and then we are paying him, I think we're paying him 49,000 a week. And then after he plays X amount of games, I think it goes up to, I think it is only about 60. So it's not too painful. Uh, and he is on course winning the Ballon d'Or which will be phenomenal because he got European oh. Golden Boy uh, top oh. goal scorer in the whole of Europe and they are favourites to win Ballon d'Or this is baffling to me no way that is ridiculous hey Eddie and Ketcher Ballon d'Or winner uh, I tweeted Paulinho, uh, Paulinho just won Golden Boy on my save as well Deep. just so you know that might be a good thing for you as well well if we've got those two both smashing it then far screen they're going places all signs point to lies anyway right um I haven't streamed at all this week because I've been in, in sunny Sweden, though yeah. sunny, not so much, more like wintry hell filled with snow and whatnot. But um, yes, back to the, the stream train, hopefully next week as per the new schedule, which is Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays going forward now due to some very good news. But I won't divulge that as it's completely unrelated to the world of Football Manager. But what is related to the world of Football Manager is, uh, is our poll. Uh, that we uh, put out this week, which we're going to discuss before revealing the results of. But we did ask, uh, what is your favourite defensive setup? And that's what we're going to roll with straight out of the traps. So, who wants to get us kicked off with their thoughts and opinions on whether we're talking three at the back, four at the back, five at the back, or a more more of a conventional United formation of uh, eight at the back, um, something along those lines. So that might that might burn deep for some United fans, but I don't give a shit, and Mr. Dupe. Talking of a United fan. Right, I'm uh, I'm going to hit straight off the bat with saying I play four at the back with Forest Green at the moment. Uh, we play very... D- uh, well, we, we basically built our defensive line with being trying not to concede when we when we moved into the Premier League. We've obviously got this Milan save and I want to play three at the back. So, I'm going to leave this over to you because I'm listening. I'm all ears, boys. Come on, educate me. Well, I'll say that I've used all three this year. Um... I started off with I did that United save on YouTube on the on the beta the beta whatever you however you like to say it and I just I sort of played a pretty standard four two 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 four triple two so four obviously defenders two central midfielders two attacking wingers two strikers that's pretty straightforward I think you can win most trophies with United to be fair as long as you manage slightly correctly but then I went over to my wall save and I sort of wanted to replicate how they were playing in real life so they play with three centre-halves, two wing-backs. So that is three at the back or five at the back, however you want to depict it. 
Um, two central midfielders, two wingers and a striker. So it was weird on that wall save because um, that formation did absolute bits. Uh, we were untouchable. We'd sort of lost only two games up until January. And then I don't know what it was, but it just something happened and we couldn't win a game for, for anything. So we lost a loads, dropped loads of points. It was really weird. You look on the schedule, it was all greens. Then it all, all of a sudden went sort of uh, the yellows and then reds. So we had to change the formation. In the end, I, I think we finished this, that season with a 4-2-3-1. So we did get promoted in the end. And obviously we are where we are now. But I've even tried that sort of free at the back with the wing backs in the the Premier League. It's just not It's just not working. It's not worked at all. But um, there was a brief spell where I tried three central defenders and two defensive wingers. So it was a flat three and actually wingers that were defensive rather than fullbacks or wingbacks. Um, I didn't try that enough in competitive action for me to sort of rate it. And I have tried a flat back five, but I got absolutely annihilated. So I wouldn't recommend that either. So at the moment, I'm sticking with my traditional 4-4-2 and it seems to be working fairly well. You see, I'm I'm a I'm a back four man, but that's purely because like I love the idea of a back three. Obviously, it gives you an extra option going forward. But I've never, I, well, not since FM thirteen have I been able to get a back three to work properly. I mean, I on FM seventeen last year, I, I tried a flat back five because um, someone said that that's how you get a, effectively. That's how you get a back three to work. Um, so obviously, you know, in the defensive positions, the the uh, the defenders don't spread out too much. They don't leave too many gaps between channels because you've got the the wing back sort of sat back quite deep. Um, but playing a back three, I've tried it this year, and we conceded a ridiculous amount of goals. Um, even playing, so I, I had three at the back, flat three, and then two DMs and wing backs. And I just, I just could not get the thing to work. It's, I've, it's been a struggle for me. Like I say, ever since FM thirteen, I think. I, I, the issues I've had, and this is why I've shied away from the three at the back, is majority of the goals that we've conceded this year, playing FM seven eighteen, sorry, um, is from crosses. Uh, a lot of the time, we are, we are conceding from crosses. Now, I put it first of all, put it down to my centre backs not being strong enough, not winning the headers, but. It doesn't matter who I've got at the back. Even in the Premier League now, most of our goals is crosses. So if I haven't got my fullbacks there, I'd be scared. I'd be scared to leave that open and, and concede potentially even more. I'm exactly the same. I've I'm fearful of trying to use three at the back properly. Like I'm I've probably championed this issue that's uh, for the past two at least seasons of I love the halfback role I love what it offers you in terms of being able to play it like a flat back three it gives you that bit of extra solidarity at the back uh, but unfortunately because of how it's been implemented by SI it means that you have to play uh, you have to push the wing backs further up which then leaves you massively susceptible to counter attacks down the wings because all it takes is a long direct ball over the top of the fullback and that's it you game over they'll cross it in and it doesn't matter how many players you've got defending. I've seen, I think Joe had posted a screenshot of having like the best defensive setup you could possibly have where he had effectively seven players in the defensive transition. So they were perfectly positioned, yet a perfect of perfect through balls, crosses, whichever um, manages to meet the one single man re- re- sort of roaming in towards the back post. It was just 
how 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 are you supposed to defend against that when nine times out of ten in real life it doesn't matter how perfect that ball is it's not reaching that man because there are just too many bodies for it to reach him uh, it's against physics and against all of the sciences that he should be able to reach it but somehow he manages to get there um now whether that's a a graphical representation of what's happening being incorrect or whether it's just match engine bullshit as we all seem to be sort of getting the rough end of that fairly frequently but I just cannot trust having those flanks completely exposed by having to push those fullbacks forward just so I can get the halfback role to work yeah I mean with with the I've I've sort of stuck with the the four at the back now I've experienced as I say I've experienced the flat back five got annihilated probably won't go back there it was sort of during a phase in my first season as Wolves I wanted to put t- together a tactic sort of a counter-attacking tactic there if we played against the big boys I've still got enough bodies back but I think we conceded sort of three or four goals in the first 20-25 minutes against Spurs so I ended up scrapping it and I've not touched it since again with the I think four at the back for me is is what I'm going to probably stick with now. Um, we've got I found sort of two solid centre halves that fit the system quite well, and they're not. Does the one lad who's a regen? Um, he's not particularly brilliant in the air, but he's very very good physically and mentally. So he reads the game well. He's very quick if he does make the error. Um, and then the fullbacks just are all of it really standard roles. I think it's on like fullback support, both of the uh, fullbacks and and the the defenders on central center defend whatever it is sort of the the standard one. So the, the moment with as I said a few weeks ago, I went back to basics with the four four two. I literally did go back to basics with just standard roles, and it seems to be going okay at the moment. Now in the uh, in, in the championship, a tiny tiny little tangent, but we we played a libero. Uh, and I know it's it's kind of against what we're talking about the flat back the three flat back four, and I I enjoyed playing it, but I was very, again very very scared of playing it with leaving a, quite a bit of space in the middle. Um, but it's an, it's another take, isn't it? It's another way you can play that back line. Well, you say mentioned about the libero. I was I was literally about to mention about like ball playing defenders, and the libero fits perfectly in with that. Although it's more of a uh, a, a risky role, but. It's just, the principle is the same. Like, what? How do we feel about defenders and the roles specifically? Would we rather they just defend and defend alone, or do you mind having a a bit more creative freedom allowed to those centre halves to to play that raking through ball um, to the striker if it's on and rely upon their decisions? I mean, I, I had Charlie Moore grew and trying to do a similar thing. Yet uh, his average rating was always absolutely shocking because he could never find the right pass. Well, this is a this is a common misconception, isn't it? In FM, so I I always play with just centre backs, um, usually on defend, but occasionally I might rock a sort of stopper cover formation depending on opposition. Um, I generally try and veer away from ball playing defenders just because I like to try and retain a bit of possession and build from the back. And ball playing defenders will look for a longer part, like a long pass to cut through the opposition defence if they can. Um, Defensive centre-backs, they'll just look to hoof it clear. But ball-playing defenders will look to play a, a, a long raking pass if they can, where possible. Um, and you see so many people um, playing with ball-playing defenders, two or three ball-playing defenders, and yet they've got the play-out-of-the-back instruction on, and it just doesn't make any sense. doesn't I'm make sure any sense. I remember having a, a ridiculous argument uh, with someone, again, on the FM Scout Facebook group, <laughs> um, <laughs> where... 
name I was, dropper. I was, I was trying to <laughs> trying to tell this guy why it was a conflict, and he just would not have it. And I was getting more and more angry. But um, yeah, it, it's a common misconception in Football Manager. But yeah, like I say, I always try and stick to just normal central defenders and adjust their player instructions from there, depending on what I want them to do. Sorry to jump back to the Forest Green save again, but that's obviously the only one that I've had this year, really. Um, but f- from the lower leagues, I wanted my defenders just to defend. Get the ball, defend, get it off your position and, and, and get it out of my half. Um, but ever since moving up, uh, we noticed that the, the strikers being quite quick um, actually jumped to the fact that, yeah, let's get them on ball playing. Let's get defenders that can play a long pass. Let's let's play it over the top and get the strikers to, to run on. And to be fair, that's I think that's where Eddie got most of his goals. But um, yeah, the ball playing defender, I, I like it. I like it a lot. I've tried. I think I've tried it this year as well. The ball playing defender. I, as I say at the moment, I'm sticking with the central defender. But I know how good balls from the back can be. Uh, I, I don't know if again if it's a little match engine like let's say exploit uh, in quotation marks. But there is times where sort of the team's got me on the break. My defender wins it, just hoofs it up, and we're laughing again like we threw on goal. But um, Talking about sort of what I want defenders to do, I want the centre halves to to sit back, obviously. And at times, I obviously want the. I think I've I I play with the overlap, so I always want the fullbacks to have a little bit of freedom and sort of help out the wingers where where necessary. So um, I always allow the fullbacks. So I think I've got um, Luke Shaw as my sort of star left back at the moment. His, his crossing's not bad, so it's always good to get him in some uh, attacking positions sometimes. We're naturally touching on, I suppose, like distribution and stuff in terms of how we want our defenders to play and whether we retain the ball and, and treat that as the first line of defence, i.e. If the, if the opposition can't get hold of it, they can't attack us with it effectively. But does anyone else get a bit jittery and a bit, I suppose, <laughs> quivering like a shitting dog? When, when you've got centre-halves trying to pass the ball between themselves or between to the full-back and then the keeper before eventually going lumping it forward because they're being closed down. I, I like them having a bit of freedom because I do prefer to, to keep the ball until there's an opening because it can be like the Alamo at times and I'm expecting to see this now that we're in the Championship going up from League One that we're going to be on the back foot quite frequently and by lumping the ball forward and then losing possession... I'm expecting to see it come straight back towards us. Um, so I think, so at the moment, and it's kind of how I played last season, was that it was, sort of, I suppose, tempering that risk by not telling them to play out from the back, but controlling the goalkeeper distribution. Uh, and But then that seemed to actually have an impact on how the defenders played. I don't know if anyone else has seen a similar thing. I mean, I can relate a lot to Matt being uh, playing in those leagues and playing lower down. It was fine. I was quite happy with them playing around. The minute we got to the championship, the way I looked at it is, yeah, okay, we're going to pump it long and they're going to get the ball back. But I would definitely prefer them to get the ball in their half and they've got eleven men to beat than just get it and they've just they threw one goal with the keeper. Um, but that's it is it is one of those, isn't it? It's six of one half a dozen of the other. I I think the main. The main thing for me, you know, when you see mistakes leading to goals, for me is when defenders dwell on the ball and make a bad pass. That is a lot oh, of the time oh what happens with me. It's literally, and now I don't know, I've not really looked into it as much if it has anything to do with my instructions or anything to do with the roles they are, but that is, it does, it's not happened a lot recently. I think the one game it happened, and believe it or not, I was 1-0 up against Manchester United with 10 men, 10 minutes to go. 
and two mistakes, a goal. Manchester United, no word of a lie. I think it happened in my episode 29, 30 of my... Oh, yeah, oh yeah, I think it is on the wall save. Uh, no word of a lie, we won the loop, ten men, and Manchester United scored two goals in less than a minute. It says um, I think Marcus Rashford scored the first goal, eighty-one, and then someone else scored eighty-one as well. Off two Scripted. mistakes that we made, it was really, really bad and so annoying that was. That that scenario that you you paint of your defenders dwelling on the ball, passing it around themselves, and then just eventually hoofing it long, you know, with the, with the constant threat of them making a mistake. See, I, you, you'll never be able to fully eliminate that, I don't think. But um, I always look at where my goalkeeper's distributing the ball. So, for example, if I'm playing against a two-striker formation and they're pressing my two centre-backs, there's no point trying to distribute to your centre-backs. You know, look to, to get rid of the ball to the full-backs or if... If your if your fullbacks are getting pressed as well, then you you've got you know your best option really is to go long at that point from your goalkeeper. Um, generally, like if you're playing the ball out to players who aren't under pressure and they and you're sort of giving them decent passing options, you will see less and less of that pissing about at the back and then just hoofing it to absolutely no one. Now to to sort of move on a little bit. What do you guys do regarding sort of if you're winning by a goal maybe or you're sort of you're holding on for a point but it'd be a massive point? Do you boys change your tactic or not massively but maybe a few instructions defensively in the last couple of minutes to ensure you get the result? Now I know that I've been doing it a lot more recently. Say when I'm one nil up, I sort of obviously pause the game and add instructions for the the obviously the team to be more defensive, the defense to sit a little bit deeper clear ball to the flanks, take off overlap, be a bit more disciplined, stick to positions and so on. It seems to be, fingers crossed, working at the moment, but I'm just wondering if any of you sort of go out your way to to influence that in the in the late minutes. I think it depends on the situation and it, I won't do the same things every time. Generally, if I'm, it depends on how many goals I'm ahead, I guess, or, or what's going on. Sometimes I'm a bit scared almost to go on to counter because... I think that that leaves us susceptible to pressure that we've not been exposed to throughout the game, particularly if we've been on an on a, like generally last season uh, with Blackburn, I was pretty much on attacking for most most games. I think because we were expected to win the league, so I could get away with it. And I think by stepping off that far, it's quite a big jump going from attacking to counter or or similar. But by taking our foot that much off the gas. I think we drop so much deeper, it just brings so much additional pressure where normally we win the ball up high and then we counter sort of in their half effectively. Whether that's down to uh, the fact that we don't really or haven't really played counter much, although I did have it as a an additional tactic to be trained, but then I think I kind of would uh, naturally, I think we naturally played quite wide and then played wider still despite attacking. So I would normally just bring things in a bit narrower and maybe drop the defensive line slightly deeper depending on whether they were playing an attacking midfielder or not. But that's generally all I would do. If things got a really tight and it was like one goal in it, it would be contain, everyone back, man mark the shit out of everyone, even get the the um, the forwards marking their, their central midfielders so we're back as, as close to be as uh, close to a unit as possible and and protect that lead, particularly if it's a cup. If it's a league game, maybe less so. I'll just continue to go as we were, and then, you know, ultimately, if they're going to score, they're going to score. So, I'd rather 
them do that whilst we're trying to still attack them than than a sort of a wilting like a, a soft salad. Um, I tend to react to the given situation. So um, unless it's back to the wall stuff, I I don't generally I generally try not to change my mentality because the way I see it is, and it's slightly unromantic to look at it like this, but the way I see it. FM is essentially a computer program which rewards you based on the decisions you make in the game. So if you're winning a game at a certain point in the match, you've probably been doing something right. So unless the opposition change something, i.e. make a sub or change formation, um, then I don't think you really need to do anything that's going to change your team too drastically. Um, obviously, if the, if the opposition does does change formation or change a sub, then you have to react accordingly. Maybe they'll bring on a big striker, in which case maybe put your pitch, you know, push your line up a little bit, so you're not having to deal with those crosses coming into the box where he's more likely to win headers against your defenders. But on a quick striker, maybe drop a bit deeper. Yeah, you and know, that in that scenario, maybe go on to a counter, stick your quick striker on. Um, so yeah, unless anything drastically changes in a game. Even if I'm just one goal up, I'll, I'll try to keep it as stable as possible. I appreciate we're pushed for time. I just want to get my thoughts across on it as well. Uh, if uh, One thing I do find myself doing, I'm not going to repeat what you guys do because I do very similar things, but one thing I find is because I play a DM on uh, all the time, um, if I find that I'm kind of set... Uh, I'm kind of finding that they're gaining a lot of space down one side. I do maybe push over the DM to to not sit central, but to sit and help the left back out. I don't know if it actually works, but it works in my brain and kind of maybe move the two centre midfielders over and not have them centralised as well. But that, apart from that, I can I can only but echo what you said. Yeah, going back to quickly what Curti said as well. Um, I see what you mean about the tactic. If it's not broke, there's no need to sort of change or fix it. The one thing uh, before I, I finish is that, as I said before, when I change that sort of thing, it's weird because sort of in the late minutes of the game, if a team is obviously chasing the game, they're going to go attacking and I'm sitting defensive, they're coming at me a little bit more. But because I have clear ball to flanks on, we actually score quite a lot of goals off late counter-attacks. Uh, there was a game against Liverpool, I think it was, where I was free to up and I went on onto this thing um, and we played it long, clear ball to flanks, left winger crosses it in and we score a fourth goal and it puts the game to bed. So I've actually had it quite often where we do go on to score late goals from changing the tactic actually to go more defensive, which is a little bit strange. I get, I get, I get the, the logic why that would work and I've, I've had similar things happen to me when I have dropped down to counter, particularly. Like if, if uh, This is why I was saying it, it depends on the situation. If we've been attacking for the entire game and then all of a sudden I notice that the opposition has now gone more attacking, I will counter that by going to counter because then, but then leave the other instructions on so we're still playing quite wide uh, because at least that way, when we're in a defensive transition, we are compact, we will stop them from scoring, but then it gives us a perfect position to go and exploit that. I've got relatively pacey wingers who can deliver a ball when necessary and I've got very fast forwards. So playing on the counter... In you know, in theory, should work very well for us, and generally, we we would get a goal from it. Uh, and in, in fact, sometimes I think when we were struggling in games, I would do that and go to counter, and then uh, sort of get get goals when they weren't expecting it. But again, it's all dependent on the opposition making those decisions. But that's enough from us. We want I want to know now what what you lot thought. So six uh, percent of you thought uh, or chose back five where defence is key. 15% said three at the back, 
and uh, 79, an overwhelming 79% of you said back four. So that they are your favoured defensive setups. So thank you very much for your participation in those polls. It 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 gives a very interesting view, and it paints a it paints a picture of how you lot view things, uh, and and seeing whether it marries up with our thoughts. And I think the past couple of polls they've they've been quite divisive, purely because uh, there is so many different opinions, and there is no one way to really play the game, as we've we've covered quite frequently. Um, but of course. It's now time for, for the thing that everyone, everyone is always waiting for. Uh, there may be no cheerleaders in skimpy skirts or local oddballs trying to hit the crossbar with an oversized, over brilliant. <laughs> keep that in. <laughs> I will keep that in. Don't worry. That's what she said. Uh, an oversized inflatable, but we do have... 30's Quiz! Still laughing at that's what she said. Uh, as this week's poll revolved around defensive setups, I thought the quiz should be based on iconic defenders in real life and FM uh, and legendary defensive systems that have been implemented over the years. Now, I'm going to enjoy this one, uh, but there's not allowed to be any spitting jokes, is there? Just, just clarifying that before we go ahead. No. Because of the defensive nature of uh, yeah. Jamie Carragher's actions. Also, no, he's not included in the quiz. So. Excellent. So he can't get in within spitting distance of anyone here. No, no that, that's fine. Also, uh, as Teach isn't here, the average age of the contestants is lower. A lot lower. No offence, Teach, but it's a lot lower. So I'm assuming that it's not going to be all 90s and just nerds going to run away with this? No, there's a lot of 90s questions. So. Oh, Super. Yes. Can't wait. So, yeah. So obviously, Are we going Sachi for all nine <laughs> Usual rules apply. Uh, one point for a correct answer. First to buzzing gets that opportunity to answer the question. If you get the question wrong, you are eliminated from the rest of that question and subject to the minus one Viking Dan rule. Um, ten questions, as usual. We will start uh, with number one. Is everyone ready? Aye. Yes, sir. Good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, question number one. Which defender won the 2006 Ballon d'Or after picking up a World Cup winner's medal earlier that Dupe. year. Dave. Dupe. Cannavaro. Cannavaro is correct. Oh, I was going to say Fabio that. Cannavaro, nice. GG. GG. Question number two. Rio Ferdinand served an eight-month ban in 2004 after being found guilty by the FA for what? Dupe. Nerd. Oh, that was close. I think that was dupe. Missing a drugs test. Oh. Nerd, I apologise if in the edit you're first there. That was very, very close. Question number three. Which defender scored in the first minute of the 2005 Champions League final? Dave. Dave. Sol Campbell. Minus one. Dupe. What are you I'm thinking of here? Reopen. Dupe. Dupe. Graham Lasseau. Dupe's back to one point. Nerd, oh, this question is all years years before. Oh, I know who this is now. Which defender scored in the first minute of the 2005 oh, Champions League final but ended up on the losing side after a superb Liverpool comeback? I'm thinking of the wrong Champions League here. Champions League? 
I've drawn a blank. I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain from answering. Okay. The answer was Paolo Maldini. Oh good lord. I always thought you said Arsenal, FA Cup, mate. Arsenal, I know, sorry. I think it was the year after the one I'm thinking of. But that was the thing. I was like, hang on a minute, I need to make sure I've got I got confused with my dates then. Oh, Liverpool, fan, Liverpool fans everywhere throwing stuff throwing stuff all over the place oh they've got history apparently who cares <laughs> question number four they spit at us oh there we go dig <laughs> carry on care dog sorry question number four which defender was unceremoniously sold by Sir Alex Ferguson in 2001 dupe dupe stam He's back to two points. Oh, that tension nice. you left me on there. I was yeah. waiting for the, but which club? <laughs> <laughs> which nation did his dog play for? <laughs> I told you, I wrote this quiz in a, uh, in a rush. There's very few, uh, very few fishing questions. Until this one. Uh-huh. Fishing, I thought we'd be our football manager. Uh-huh. Question number five. Although he is generally a terrible free kick taker, Roberto Carlos scored one of the best free kicks ever. Nerd. Nerd. Uh, this is going to be the one, isn't it? This is going to be the one. Scotland. Minus one. Fucking knew it. But which boots was he wearing the day before yesterday? Brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Roberto Carlos scored one of the best free kicks ever at Le Tournoi in 1997. Who was the goalkeeper... You could do nothing. Dupe. Bartez. Fabian Bartez is correct. Question number six. Speaking of French defenders, which defender scored two goals in the 1998 World Cup semi-final against Croatia to see France Nerd. into the final? Nerd. Lillian Turam. Turam. He's back to zero. Well done, lad. Question number seven. What is the name of the defensive system pioneered by Italy in the 1950s? Nerd. Nerd. Catenaccio. Catenaccio is correct. He's back. He's coming. He's coming. (laughs) That's what she said. Question number eight. Can you tell me the name of the former Match of the Day presenter who claimed you can't win anything with... Nerd. Alan Hansen. Alan Hansen back. is correct. He's touching cloth. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd has got a panicked look on his face. Uh, question number nine. In the 1994 World Cup final, Roberto Baggio famously missed the last penalty for Italy in the shootout against Brazil. Can you tell me which legendary defender... Nerd. Nerd. Oh, I should have waited. I should have waited long at Dunga. Is incorrect. Can you tell me which legendary defender missed Italy's first penalty in that shootout? Were either of you two born in 1994? I was two. It was. I wasn't. I know what the answer is now. I think I know, but I'm going to play this tactically. That's not in the spirit of the quiz. Fuck Viking down. He's quite famous, Curry. I'm going to go. I'm on minus one, aren't I? Yeah. You've got nothing to lose, son. Uh, To show your Italian fans. 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, wait. Who's Italian that I know? Platini. <laughs> Who? Pl- Platini. He's, He's French. French. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> anyway the answer uh, is Franco Berezi oh for fuck's I mean, sake I mean I don't even know who he is I was going to say it's fucking Berezi <laughs> fucking could bastard. that be out please <clears throat> right I was preempting your your, your uh, usual twist on that one I thought but which which captain you know raised the World Cup trophy that's what I went for I went for the next question jumping the gun all over the place oh, dearie me Question number 10. Which Colombian defender, an FM wonder kid... Dave. Dave. Balanta. Balanta is correct. Come on. Right. Minus one up the walls. All 10 questions have been answered. Uh, in reverse order, with minus one point in third place is Dave Azapardi. I've lost oh, the Dave. crown. That's crown it. has gone. Oh, Second dear. place on one point. Bit of a roller coaster ride for him. <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, was Mr. Nerd. Well done, Nerd. Second place. Uh, and out in front, three points. He's becoming a, a regular event now. Dupe winning the quiz. FM Dupe. Congratulations, sir. Well done. Boom. Excellent work, as ever, Kurt Dog. Regardless of how rushed you, you feel it was to put together, uh, it was good stuff. Good stuff, as per bloody usual. Right, it's a question time, folks. Um, it's actually a question we we were t- just just about to touch on in our team discussion, and it got pulled away from us. Um, so we can answer it anyway without having to sort of cover over any cracks, which is marvellous. So it's from at FM Ponzi on Twitter. What are your thoughts on goalkeeper distribution? So this ties in quite nicely, actually. I think. Um, who wants to take off? I don't know where I was going with takeoff. I guess takeoff flight. I've been on a flight this week. Yeah, there we go. Just save that one, Kurt Dog. Rescue me. <laughs> Seamless as ever. <laughs> Just about. Uh, like my pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I touched upon it in the team talk. Not your pants. I touched upon the <laughs> goalkeeper distribution in the in the team talk. Basically, um, I generally like to distribute the ball to an area in my defence. Um, however, that will change depending on how the opposition uh, are pressing. Um, if my defenders look slightly nervous, maybe I, I might not want them to be the ones receiving the initial ball from the goalkeeper. Um, and only in sort of circumstances where my defenders are getting no time on the ball will I will I ask the goalkeeper to distribute longer. For me, uh, out wide fullbacks. Um, I don't play wingers and. So- majority fullbacks, uh, keeping it away from in front of my goal in case my defenders decide to not passable. Um, if uh, we want to play a little bit longer, then it is, again, out wide. We try to exploit the middle in my tactics, so um, trying to get the, drag the play out a little bit wide is actually quite beneficial for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm a guy that likes to roll it out to the fullbacks, so uh, short distribution to the fullbacks most of the time anyway. Uh, same with goal kicks, to be fair, as well. Dupe, you play a diamond, don't you? I do. Do your when your when your fullbacks receive the ball from the goalkeeper, do your sort of two central midfielders do they pull wide at all, or do they just kind of no, they no. don't. So all the the only kind of width that we get anywhere is from my strikers. Um, 
we kind of asked them not to shoot and we asked them to roam from positions, move into channels. Uh, and the same with my shadow striker. So that's kind of the only whip we get. And my fullbacks are just told to sit back and, and not do much, really. Well, similarly to, to some of you guys, I, I like to send the distribution to, to the fullbacks. Generally, I, I'm not too keen giving it to my centre-halves. I did sort of play around with having the playmaker drop deep and I quite liked that. Uh, but then I did also have I think it was Will Hughes at the time and he I think he had the dwells on ball PPM it may not have been Will Hughes but whoever it was playing as uh, the deep line playmaker for me at the time would pick the ball up which was great but then he'd sit there for a while ponder on it and then lose it and that happened a couple of times and I decided maybe it wasn't the best idea at least pushing it out to the to a wing there's one a natural point which we can advance from he can just lump up a wing if he has to or obviously there's there's options inside which is which is always good uh, as Curti touched on in the team meeting about having options it reduces the chances of those uh, defensive faux pas i guess we'll we'll call them uh there's another oh, there's time for another question i think as well uh this i could have perhaps saved this one for for when there's we're all here but nevertheless i i'm i want to answer it uh, it's from at football jord uh, which is everyone has their greatest save, but what is your worst save on FM? Uh, this is uh, this is quite intriguing. I don't know if we maybe I should have given you a bit of time to think about this one. This was a a surprise that I sprung upon you all, but uh, Mr. Dave Azapardi, uh, you're itching I mean, to answer this. For me, it's I've been Every sacked in so save many ever. saves. <laughs> yeah, um, so there's quite a, a choice. Um, I'd probably say up there was probably. The Rotherham one I just did. Did I even get to January on that? I'm not even. I can't even remember. It was either that or I did a Blackpool one as well. Uh, built. I think it was called Building Blackpool. That you remember that one? <laughs> yeah, the word, I, word I had Dwight wonder. York. Yeah, I had, I had Dwight York as my assistant. I think it lasted about three episodes. Dwight York took my job after. Um, probably one of those two saves because they were just didn't even take off to be honest. So yeah, I would say. Back in the uh, the October of 2017, uh, no, eight, 16, we did a Edinburgh City save uh, where we just did fuck all for three seasons, got literally nowhere. Um, I wasted my time, your time, and there were the eight people that Their watched it. Well. So, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't ideal. Um, I can't think of any recently that I've not enjoyed. I've not been sacked probably since FM 12, I don't think. Um, but I mean, I've had I've had like loads of throwaway saves where I've kind of started it and and uh, and not enjoyed it and just given it up after half a season or something like that. But nothing really sticks to mind because any anything I like, I only remember the good stuff really. I'd say my worst save has probably been this year with that Newcastle save. That was just a mess, <laughs> and that was that was more down to my own fault of not of of choosing to to ignore all of the advice about going and selecting proper attributes and I had to get on my high horse about it and ultimately I, I fell on my own sword quite quite sharply. Western Supermare? No, the thing is though, I think if I was if I'd chosen to continue the Western Supermare, which was a continuation of like in the same universe of that as that Newcastle save, I think I would have enjoyed it. I haven't had a save where I've started right at the bottom for a really long time, and I'm itching to do another another sort of long-term journey like that, and I think that could have become something quite special had it have been given time, but the the Newcastle portion was not fun at all. It was just a, just a mess. 
Newcastle. One of my um, one of my favourite moments of watching you on stream, Matt, was in your twenty four hour stream when uh, you'd I think delirium had kicked in, and you decided to, to resign from Tottenham. And where did you end up? Ended up at Corby because Dupe told me it would be a good whoa, idea. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop the bus! Bear in mind, stop bear in mind, I'd had Corby. Yeah. Right, hang on. Let me. You'd won the Champions League with Tottenham. Let me. And Brexit had sort of messed messed up the whole narrative of the save, and you decided to to go to Corby. That was well. The thing is, right? There, there, there is there is narrative here. That so let, let let's just backtrack. We've got time to backtrack. So so uh, as Curtis outed me in my my delirious state, it's fine. Um, I thought it would be a good idea to to leave Spurs, and it was a case of actually the Blackbird job's just come up. This could be a nice a nice little. A nice little thing that we've we've fallen into here, and then Jason fucking Tindall happened and ruined my life, and that was it. That yes. was um, so delirium led to that, and I was I was so pumped, Jason. thinking like even the media were were touting me as the the favourite, obviously Champions League winner. Jason Tindall hasn't won a fucking Champions League, has he? No, he hasn't. But um, that didn't matter one jot to the Blackburn board because the Venkies are pricks, and they chose to appoint that Burnley brick instead. So I didn't get that job, and Indeed. instead ended up in. Well, not the Blue Square North, but Vanarama Conference North instead. So that went well, obviously, and that pretty much signalled the end of that. Um, uh, I will just say great. that my lawyers have told me to say that I actually didn't hold his hand and manually <laughs> move the mouse. Okay, you were I the may have, I may have led him astray slightly, and I fought the narrative. And I, you know, in my head, it, it sounded right. I mean, it was fucking wrong, but it sounded right. But was, this I was about ten a.m., wasn't it? We were about to end in an hour of that yeah. of that stream, oh. and so this was the twenty third. In anything, you gave me permission because you hit accept on the call. That's technically permission. You know what, Matt? Though what I, what I salute is that you listen to viewers and you 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 make sure you keep them happy. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I wasn't even in the stream. That, that, I mean, that that does that that doesn't get extended everywhere. Yeah, I'm just true. just saying, but yeah, because uh, we will get some lawyers involved. Anyway, enough about enough about my faux pas. That, that there were there were quite a few actually thinking about it. Never mind. <laughs> that Spurs save was quite good until that Brexit thing happened, though. I would I would I would think in terms of my uh, saves that have been sort of broadcast in the in the public's eye. That would that would. That would have been a good one had the Brexit have gone hard. Um, that that's probably a, a byproduct of other things, but never mind. Right. Anyway, this is this this is a biggest tangent I think we've ever seen since. Well, Pornstar's penis, something like that. Never mind. Right. Okay. Uh, before we go, then this is this is this is. There's been so many. Yeah, never mind. This is this is turned into. This is what happens when Tobes isn't here. He's the when, one who manages to sort of keep us here, all in check. And now, and now, now, Dad's not here. Yeah, exactly. Do all, all hell's broken loose. Jesus Christ! And I'm the one who's orchestrating it all. This is this is, doesn't reflect well on me, does it? Anyway, right before before we go, we time some plugs. I think, gentlemen, save me again, Kurt Dog, please. Uh, you can find me uh, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, Curti FM. Um, can I, I know this is unusual, but can I can I give someone a shout out? Yes, you can. Is that allowed? You can. I'll, I'll edit it out later. It's fine. Yeah, do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> no. So so basically, and, and this sort of came to light on Twitter yesterday. But um, th- there's a, a YouTube content creator who goes by the name of What the Fork Gaming, and I don't know if any of you have seen her. 
her her videos um of this Alba Dachi save it is absolutely superb she's like the, the she's totally transformed fm content on youtube um with the direction she's gone with it and i just thought she deserved a shout out i thought it was excellent so once i've in, not uh, seen all of it but i've 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 uh, i've watched parts and i've I, i'm intrigued by the animation parts of it yeah exactly and like uh, she said she said on one of her um uh, intro videos that it's, it's it's like it's going to be very story driven. So I get the impression that she's already kind of planned the whole thing out. So I'm, I'm liking re- a narrative there. It's going to be really really interesting to follow that. Marvelous. So, yeah. What the fork gaming on YouTube? All right. I'll 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 try and remember to bung that in the description of the podcast so people can find it a bit more easily. Um, Dave has a party. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm over on YouTube at Dave as a party and uh, Twitch and Twitter Dave as a party FM. But don't ask me any, about any 90s French or Italian footballers because I'll get them mixed up. <laughs> Fritalians. Mm-hmm. Damn them bastards. Uh, Mr. Dupe, where can people find you? You can find me uh, FM Dupe everywhere apart from FMDupe.com because I lost my uh, my debit card and I still haven't. Like got a new one back, so they've now cancelled the website for a week. So maybe like <laughs> next week it'll be back. It's just at the moment they've suspended my service. So yeah, in before someone goes and robs that for you, I was, was going to say I'll sell it back to you. No, <laughs> no, it's suspended. It's all right. I've, I've got it. It's all right. Don't panic. The main I've got is just the actual uh, site itself. But no, it's fine. It's fine. FM dupe everywhere apart from dot com. Excellent. Credit words aside. Um, you- uh, we've mentioned him a few times on the pod, so it's only fair that I mention him now. Um, you can find Teach at Officially Teach everywhere. And you can find me if uh, if you really, really want to. I'm sure I've convinced you to do so. Uh, you can find me at Nerdphonic absolutely everywhere as well. So this has been uh, Five Star Potential. Um, all of the links for each of us can be found in the description of this very podcast, as can the link for the WeStream FM Discord server. If you've enjoyed the podcast, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Make sure it's five stars, as it really does help us out. And if you're soundcloud then please drop us a follow on there. You'll be notified of when we next upload a podcast. You can, you can indeed actually access the podcast on any of the podcast apps that supports RSS feeds, uh, which is pretty much all of them, I believe, now. And please continue to ask your questions, whether it be in the Five Star Potential section of the WeStream FM Discord or by tweeting us at Five Star Pod. Right, that's pretty much us done, I think. So this has been Five Star Potential, a WeStream FM production, and we'll see you all next week. Say goodbye, chaps. Goodbye. Goodbye. Cheerio.